everyone says to just eat less, work out more, and then it'll start again. And it's like, no, we need to step back from those rules and we need to develop a program that's going to work for you, your body, your goals. And something that I'm really getting into lately is like the mental health, mental well-being, sexual well-being, and really looking at our health as a whole because I think keto is great for that physical wellness and to light up your brain. But then I, I think a lot of us get so stuck in those patterns and those rules that we forget to do a lot of other life stuff. I'm excited to be here today and to have with me Leanne Vogel. I have known Leanne for a while now, and I, let me tell you, she has been in this keto space as helpful pursuit for quite a while. She's come out with Keto for Women, and I love her. I've endorsed her book fully, and we're going to talk about this today and how it's a great marriage with the hormone fix, y'all. So if you have one and not the other, get the other. And if you don't have either, get both. They're perfect together. So the hormone fix and keto for women, we'll talk about that. And I'm excited to be recording this couch talk with Leanne. A little bit about Leanne. She, as, as, as I mentioned, is the founder of Healthful Pursuit and Happy Keto Body. She is the best-selling author of over 12 health programs and international best-selling paperbacks from the keto diet to the keto diet cookbook. And I actually met her on her podcast as well as then live at KetoCon a couple years ago. So she has been uh, in the forefront of the space and really fine tuning it. And what you'll see today with Leanne is just her integrity and her desire to get the word out for women, but also what it means to have a healthy body, a healthy self image. And that's just something I love about you, Leanne. Welcome. Welcome to my community. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a blast. I just love seeing your face. I couldn't agree more. Like our books, it's like we sat down at the table and it's like, you take this, I'll take this. And then we just made two books that complement each other so well. Yeah, they really do go hand in hand. It's good. I may boast on your book a little bit and you can talk about, but look, you know, so Keto for Women, she got Matching. so many, yes, so many beautiful diagrams and stuff in here too. So I was like highlighting because I'm a visual learner. And it's so funny, my daughter is preparing for middle school and she got tested to show that she's a visual learner. I'm like, they could have just asked me, you know? <laughs> I'm like, but visual learners, you are going to love this book because of all the diagrams, all the helpful do's and don'ts and your myth busting. But really, I want to talk about your story and how you come to love your own body, right? And why you promote that because people go crazy on keto, right? Like, call it keto crazy <laughs> in so many ways. <laughs> but it really comes down to we want healthy life for life, right? Healthy body for life. So I couldn't agree with you more. I think we can get, and I've definitely been there. Like I started eating keto in 2014. And at that point, I had been a pretty intuitive eater for a couple of years. And I was really trying to get over my disordered relationship with food. I've been diagnosed with an eating disorder many, many years prior to that. And then when I found keto, I was like, well, I need to follow the rules. I need to track. I need to you know, count everything. And I started getting very disordered with my food again to the point where I was watching my husband eat an Oreo cookie a couple of months into keto. And I could like hear it and smell it and like taste it in the air. And I was just like watching him eat this cookie. And I was like, I need to do something about this. Like I've become completely obsessed. And that's really like the keto craziness of like, we can get so stuck in our ways. And I don't know about you, but when I talk to basically every woman that's been doing keto more than six months, 
their main thing is I'm not losing weight anymore. I'm feeling really dizzy. My hair is falling out. What am I doing wrong? Everyone says to just eat less, work out more, and then it'll start again. And it's like, no, we need to step back from those rules. And we need to develop a program that's going to work for you, your body, your goals. And something that I'm really getting into lately is like the mental health, mental well-being, sexual well-being, and really looking at our health as a whole. Because I think keto is great for that physical wellness and to light up your brain. But then I think a lot of us get so stuck in those patterns and those rules that we forget to do a lot of other life stuff. And so my whole thing lately has been, I'm more than keto. I'm, I'm so much more than a diet. I'm so much more than this body. It's exciting stuff for sure. Yeah, no, that is absolutely true. And so, so I agree with you. People can get into this stronghold, right? Well, I have to eat this way and we're not listening to our body again. The whole thing that I like about keto, and for me, it's keto green, right? Is that we learn to discern what's working for us and what's working against us, right? What's working for us and what's working against us. So getting into our body and, you know, healing our body image, right? And, and this is something you brought up. Actually, I'm going to read this because, because I can. And I am going to. So I'm going to read your introduction because this is something that I brought up and I haven't talked about it. And I probably will talk about a little bit more of this, my story too, with eating disorder in my next book as well. Because, you know, sometimes keto becomes so programmed, it's an eating disorder too, or that it's just feeding our eating disorder. So I want to read your introduction. Is that okay, Leanne? Yeah, do it. Actually, I should have you read it, but. Dun, 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 dun. You want me the, the whole page? The whole page. Okay. Yeah. I want you to read this. the whole page because I'm telling you, it brought up some stuff from my past and not while you're getting that page. You know, I, I had an issue with binge eating. I mean, that cravings to binge, deprivation to binging, deprivation to binging, you know, and and bulimia for a short term. And, and I haven't shared that. So you're making me share that today. And, and just with our loving community, <laughs> just you and me and our loving hundreds of thousands of people. <laughs> yeah, it's powerful. Go ahead. I think it's a beautiful thing when you're called to share and you open up your vulnerability and you share because generally in that space, there's somebody, at least one person watching that needed to hear that. So thank you so much for opening your heart to us all. It's a, it's a big thing. Okay. I'm in the best health of my life. But before you start thinking that I sport a six pack abs, go to the gym every day because I love it. Never deal with sugar cravings and have a dream marriage. Let me tell you, you've got the wrong girl. I'm a size 10 with thighs that touch and arms that jiggle. I'd rather watch Netflix than go to the gym. I don't experience all out chocolate cake binges anymore. And my husband and I argue over the silliest things often, but I've learned to take care of myself, know my limits and respect them. It took me a long, long time to realize that I don't have to love my body. I just have to accept my body. I don't have to force myself to do things I don't want to do in order to feel like I'm taking care of myself. I don't have to follow a diet perfectly in order to be in the best shape of my life. In fact, by relinquishing the control, I held so tightly around how my body looked, the workouts I performed, the food I ate or didn't eat, I'm better able to feel my very best. So yeah, I overeat sometimes. I still get acne and you'll never see me participate in a belly boot camp ever again. But where I've said no to a lot of things, I've said yes to a whole host of others. Yes to dancing in a bikini in public. Yes to dancing in front of the mirror naked and feeling great. Yes to doing wild things that scare me just because I can. Yes to slumber, slumber parties, wine and non-keto treats. 
yes to finally feeling free. I think it's important to tell this to you up front because if you're looking for guidance from a person who's got it all together, that's not me. In fact, I don't think that person really exists. Thanks to social media, it's easy to believe that some people always have it together, but that's not the case. And when you think it is, we can have unrealistic expectations of what life should be like. No matter how often you go to the gym, no matter how much coconut oil you pound back or how little sugar you eat, life is going to be messy. I want to realize that you are already perfect right now in this moment. I want to provide you with the tools you can use to get closer to yourself, not change yourself. I want you to think for yourself, decide how you want to feel, what action will get you there, and then do that thing because you trust and respect your body. Mm -hmm. Dang. Yeah. I mean, that is good. That is gold, y'all. Just give us a like there because that is, that is really good. And I'll tell you, Leanne, what really resonated with me is just, you know, that getting comfortable with yourself. You know, I'm 53. I was talking, I'm 53 with an 11 year old. I got to stay young, right? So I'm 53. And, you know, these things like thighs touching, arms jiggling, you know, I look at videos of myself and I just want to laugh. And before I would have been horrified. You know what I mean? And I think that's the whole thing is bringing humor to us, bringing humor into our life, being able to laugh at ourselves. And so it can relate, you know, being a healthy size 10, healthy size eight, whatever we are, and be able to recognize the healthy, right? The healthy component, because that's key too. And we're not just saying I'm, I'm eating a healthy lifestyle. We're measuring, we're testing, we're looking at our lab work, we're looking at, you know, how is our energy level? How are we doing our, how are we living our days? How, what is the quality of our relationships? Not just with others, right? Because that's important. That's the joy, the juice of life, but with ourselves too. Yes, completely. And another piece that kind of like brings it all together that really helps me understand what health is, behaviors. Really, it boils down to behaviors. And every time I do a little something, or I think a little something, or I hang out with somebody, or I, you know, anything, even down to the slumber parties, like I had a slumber party last weekend. And like, you know, I asked myself, Girl, before, you're inviting me to the next one. I'm just <laughs> saying, I'm coming. Debauchery. This is crazy. But I think it's really important that you check in with yourself. Like, are these healthy behaviors for me in this moment? And it all comes down to behaviors and how we want to structure our lives. Because really, at the end, that's really all we have. And I think like health can be really scary for some people as as somebody who grew up with two disabled parents. Health for them was a different level than what health could be for me. And so understanding that health for a cancer patient is going to look completely different for health with somebody who doesn't have cancer. And that doesn't mean that you have less validity to call yourself healthy or balanced. And so I think it's really important that we look at just our overall behaviors. You know, if I'm, if I'm coming home after a long day from work and I'm going right to the wine and I'm drinking three glasses before I even like realize I'm back at home, that's probably not a healthy behavior. But if I come home and I pour my wine and I put on music and I'm shaking my hips and I end up drinking three bottles or glasses of wine, I've been there. Then I see that as being a healthy behavior. Like you're conscious and you're making conscious choices. And so it goes, it goes a long way for sure. Well, and this is where, you know, I talk about indulgences in my programs, you know, it's always about feasting and fasting, right? There's keto green 80% of the time, feasting 10% 
fasting 10%. So indulgences are okay. Indulgences are okay. Like that, that strict deprivation to lead us up to binge or cravings or feelings of self-denial, that's not healthy either. That is not healthy either. So in this whole keto space and making keto work for women, you also are on my the same camp, plenty of plant-based products here, plant-based greens and vegetables to empower our bodies to have healthful, balanced physiology. It's beautiful, you know, it's beautiful to see all that in here too. But recognizing that, you know, women are different than men as well. really different. Oh my gosh. Like night and day. You know what? It's funny. Like I studied nutrition. I worked with women for like over a decade. It wasn't until I started keto and my husband started keto around the same time, like about a year later. And I was like, whoa, your experience is totally different, completely different. And so I think it's really important that we honor ourselves and our process and our hormones and making sure that we're giving ourselves what we need. Absolutely. I agree completely. And I think that's a critical point. That really is a critical point that we're giving ourselves what we need and we have to have clarity to be able to discern that. So discerning what works for us versus what's not working for us. And let's go into that difference a little bit on body image between men and women. Okay. I'm saying this tongue in cheek, but it's really true. Look, a guy will walk by a mirror and he'll be like, oh man, look at my muscles, my triceps, look at biceps and triceps are looking strong here, right? And a woman, and, and like he totally ignores his big pot belly or beer belly, right? He totally ignores it as he's walking by the mirror, like, man, I'm looking good. A woman will walk, walk by and say, oh my God, does my butt look big in this dress? Like, what's going on here? So we've got to reframe this whole positive self-image, whole positive body image is a a key component to total overall wellness. And I'm talking about this in this Keto for Women discussion, because I've I've spoken with a lot of women, a lot of women in my Keto Green community online that, you know, have issues with this body image or are very dogmatic. This isn't working for me or, you know, and a lot has to do with these layers of negative self-talk and negative self body image. And so I, you know, I'd love for you to talk about how you conquered that for yourself. Yeah. So it's unfortunately, I think over time, like over the last, I would say 10 years, men are getting more bombardment of media images. And like, we have to understand that when we were born, when we were placed on this planet, our first couple of years, you can remember, like, I remember as a kid, not understanding that I needed to be conscious about my body and just fully playing. And I did this like tummy roll thing when I was little where I would just like make my belly really big and then make it really small. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Whereas like when I was 16, there is no way that I would ever do that. Right. Suck it in completely. Suck it in. And so we have to understand that at a very young age, we were downloaded all this information, either from media, even from television shows, from the toys we played with. Like when I looked at Barbie what did I think about my body image when I saw Barbie with her chest and her legs and the like all the things and the waist was so small. And we don't, we don't think about that. We don't think of what we're subjecting ourselves to at that age. Our parents probably aren't thinking about it either down to, you know, my very first memory that I have about the fact that when I have a smaller body, I get more awesome things was when my mom hit her 20 pound weight goal with Weight Watchers. And she was so excited and my aunts came over and we made her a big poster and we had a big party. So I thought, you know, at that age, I think I was maybe six. If I lose weight and I look beautiful, I'll get a party. 
So that was a really, really big deal. It's so true. Those images that we're getting, the positive, you know, that weight loss, focusing on weight. And it's something I've made a really conscious effort not to do with my girls. You know, I have four daughters. And so I've made a conscious effort not to focus on body image as much as possible, especially when I was losing weight, when I lost 80 pounds and trimmed down, right? And so that's been a challenge. I will say, I think my daughters, you know, thank goodness, have really positive body images for the most part, maybe even a little bit too positive. I have to tell them, stop walking around the house naked, get some clothes on. Like, What are you doing? (laughs) So, so that's a good thing. It is a very, very good thing. And so for me, it was really about detaching myself from media. It's been very helpful because I live in the forest. Well, I used to live in the forest. Now I'm on a boat and I have these like periods of time where I'm not connected to anything and I'm not connected to social media and I don't have to worry about how my body looks. But it was interesting. I was in a bathing suit in the middle of nowhere and I had so much stuff that I was dealing with. Like what if somebody sees me and what if somebody sees my belly and what if, what if there was no human around for days? We sailed for days. And so it's a really interesting concept to kind of look at what were our first memories of our body and how did our body look in that point? And how did we feel about our body before that point? And how can we adjust back to that playfulness where I can move my belly in fun ways, where I can wear a belly top in public or in an interview and not worry about the way that I look or feel? That's a super powerful thing. And I think we can all do that. It just comes from a place of working through that shame and understanding like, honestly, nobody cares about our body. Like so many people are so wrapped up in their own stuff that nobody actually cares about your body. The only person that cares about your body is you and you have the power to adjust that. And so it's taken me years to get to the point where, I mean, I still have these inklings, like, you know, if I'm in yoga class and I'm wearing shorts and a bra and my belly does something weird, I'm like, oh, look at those rolls right there. Isn't that cool? But you know, if I didn't have those rolls, I wouldn't be able to stretch because my skin wouldn't stretch that way. So it's like understanding like, those rules are there. So when I'm standing up straight, I can stand up straight. Or, you know, when I realized that I could never be a size zero because I literally have to cut off one of my hips. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's taken me years to get to the point where I'm just very comfortable in my body. And that is much easier done when you just block out all that noise. And it might not be moving into the forest for you. It could be Just removing certain social media people, people that when you see them on Instagram don't make you feel good. Like, why are we following people that don't make us feel good? Why are we doing that? So going through, cutting out people that don't make me me feel good, cutting out friends that no matter how much I say, I don't want to talk about diets. I don't want to talk about my body. I don't want to talk about how I've lost weight or gained weight or how you've lost weight or gained weight. And if they don't respect that, I don't want to spend time with them. And that is the strongest form of self-care is saying no and understanding that no is a complete sentence. You do not need to describe how you're feeling. You don't need to validate anything. You can just say no. Like I'm worthy of so much more than this and I don't want to be around this energy. And a lot of people say, oh, that's so hard because it's my aunt, it's my mom, it's my dad, it's my sister. I've been through that. I've cut out actual family members from my life because I can't be around that energy. And it's, it's hard, but at the end of the day, I knew that I wouldn't be happy if I couldn't distance myself from that energy. 
And it might not be like that for you, but it definitely was for me. And I feel so much better because of it. Well, that's key. Again, discerning what's working for you and what isn't. And it may not be for the life, right? Because you're setting up, you're establishing healthy boundaries for yourself, right? That's a really big thing. You have to set up healthy boundaries for yourself. It's like when something, when we're, when we're around people that take us down a, a road that is negative for us or has consequences for us, negative consequences, we can't keep going down that road. No matter how much we love that person, we have to set up some healthy, healthy boundaries, like tough love situations and say, you know, this isn't good for me. And, and it's, if you respect me, and I would appreciate you to respect that, that if we can talk about anything else, but this angle of conversation. Okay. And, and, I, and that's important because people, so many people don't realize how often they're talking about body image or really superficial crap, right? We want to get deep and, you know, we want to get into deep stuff. Right? We want to really understand our souls, our connections, our missions in the world. I mean, we're here really advocating for a wide body of women. And so we have to dig deep in order to have authentic community. And, and I love, I love seeing that develop. And I think that's, that's so critical that, you know, authenticity, being honest with what, you know, what we will and won't allow, as well as what we will and won't tolerate. I mean, that's huge. And I like how you said no is a complete sentence. Exactly. No is Done. a complete sentence. Done. No. Yeah. <laughs> in your book, The Hormone Fix, I mean, in my book, Wait. <laughs> Hold on. In my book, Marrying Keto for Women, in Leanne's book, we are, but this is a union right now. You know, I want to talk about you go into whole part three is this healing your body section. And I love that. I love how you've put in your images because they're joyous, they're fun, they're healthy. You know, we're, we're not stick figures on keto. You and I are not stick figures on keto. And I'm, I'm happy with my body at 53. You know, could it be, could it be one way or another? Sure. But I'm happy with my body at 53. And so that's a big thing. So I love how you go into healing your body. And, and you do touch on, you know, the mind and body aspects too. So talk about, you know, that section of your keto for women. Totally. Yeah. I've been both on the spectrum of being a stick figure and then being a plump, voluptuous woman. And I think it really comes down to like, I'm Leanne and I have a body, <laughs> regardless of what that is. So when it comes to Part three, I start by talking about healing your body by understanding restriction versus choice. What's holding you back from moving forward? Because I think a lot of us have the ability to be that person we've always dreamt of being, but it terrifies us so much that we specifically sabotage our efforts because we're scared of having that life. Especially working through this work, like talking about fear and self-doubt. When I up-level, like when I bust through a new blockage, I get sick until I'm not sick anymore. And then I'm totally fine in a new human. So it's funny, I've been getting sick every three to six months. And every time I have this realization, and it just up levels me, it's really interesting. So talking about fear, self doubt, and we do these things, and we sabotage ourselves just because we're afraid of what life would look like, if we were to move beyond that. So a lot of the times women will get started on this keto thing and they'll be doing really good. And then all of a sudden they'll fall off the quote unquote wagon and say, I don't know what happened. I just need to try harder. Nine times out of 10, it has nothing to do with trying harder or doing better. It's all because we don't believe in ourselves and we're terrified of the person we'll become. 
who doesn't have those fears, who doesn't have those relationships that are holding us back, who says no as a complete sentence. And so that piece is all about getting beyond our limiting beliefs. I talk a little bit about shadow beliefs in a way. Um, I don't call them shadow beliefs, but I've really been working through a lot of shadow stuff recently where like, we all have that little bit of darkness, a lot of darkness inside of us of like uh, fears and limiting beliefs and a lot of things. And for me, it all comes stands down to, and for a lot of women, this is the same. I am not enough. I am not enough. I do not have enough. I couldn't possibly be enough. And that lack of abundance, both in our ability and the energies that we have in our lives. So I talk a lot about that and understanding our why behind things. So a woman will say, I want to lose 50 pounds. And I'll say, why? Because I think I'll feel better. Why? Well, because my pants won't be as tight. Well, why? Why is that important to you? Because I'll feel more comfortable. Why? Well, because, you know, at work, I don't feel comfortable. I feel less than. Why? Well, because I feel, and you just keep asking why, 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 why. And then it turns out that, you know, she's not happy in her marriage because her husband hasn't touched her in 25 years or her partner hasn't touched her in 25 years. Okay. So you associate weight loss with your partner now enjoying being around you physically. That's a big thing. And so when you start to lose weight, all of a sudden, you know, you're thinking maybe your partner will touch you and they don't. And it's been so long and there's this awkwardness and this shame around it. And so then you sabotage your diet because you're not ready for that movement. And so there's a lot more to this than counting your macros and looking at your calories. It was actually an image on Instagram that I shared yesterday. Count your orgasms and not your calories. I love that. (laughs) Of course, I love that, right? Like orgasms increase oxytocin, the most powerful hormone, whatever we can do. Yes, exactly. And so I think it's really important that we understand that there's so much more to this than weight loss. There's so much more to this than macros. And yes, the ketogenic diet is super powerful, will change your life. But if you're not willing to put in the work, you'll only go so far because those limiting shadow beliefs will constantly be behind you, ready to sabotage your efforts. And you need to work through that in order to gain the life that you've always wanted. And so the dieting industry doesn't get into that. They just say, you know, if you eat less, work out, work out more, it will all come to you. And that's just a very, very small piece of the puzzle. And there's a lot of shame, specifically, I find with women and men that have been in relationships for a long time and, you know, they don't feel good about their bodies. So they stop um, exploring one another. They stop exploring themselves. And all of a sudden we're left with this, like, maybe respectful marriage. Maybe there's love there, but there isn't intimacy. And I think that a lot of women specifically, I mean, I was 30 when I realized, like, wait a minute, this, this, this is not the way that this should be. So 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond, where we start to understand or start to really get frustrated with the space that we're in right now. And again, no amount of eating a ton of fat or preparing Rockefeller lattes or green smoothies is going to change that. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done. So that's really the beginning of part three. And then I get into more of the um, how to support autoimmunity and inflammation and gut support. We talk about candida and food sensitivity testing and intolerances and gallbladder, lymphatic system. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And then the next piece is all about hormones. So I talk about the types of hormone imbalance, what sorts of hormones we're looking at, how to test for them, 
the symptoms of hormone imbalance if you don't have the means to test for it. You can kind of go off how you feel. An introduction to the endocrine system, we were going to cut this out of the book and I'm so happy we didn't because like you should probably know how all the things work in order to figure out what's best for your body. Regulating your cycle and understanding at different times of your cycle what macros you need and why. Like I don't know if you find, you know, if you're still ovulating, menstruating, all the aidings that you find that on the ketogenic diet, you require different things at different times. Like you might find that you really crave carbs at a certain time, or all you want to do is eat protein at a certain time. So I talk about why that is and how to adjust for that PMS, PCOS, all the things. So that's kind of like part one and two are really the introduction to keto, how it all works, how to adjust it for yourself. And then part three is really using the ketogenic diet to heal your body from a practical like supplement lifestyle food sort of perspective. Yeah, no, I love it. So give us a day, a day in your life, Leanne, like a day in your like optimized keto life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we're on land right now, meaning our boat is like at a dock where I can go off and have a car and do the things, which is such a treat and I'm really enjoying it. So I start the day with water. I take my supplements, my probiotics, specifically my vitamin B. Then I'll go to yoga class. I'll come home. Um, it'll be about noon by the time I get home and get started with my work day. I'll work for a couple of hours and then usually break my fast. Generally with like a snack plate, I've been really into snack plates lately because it's summer and you know you have all the vegetables and meats and fats and I'm dipping things and just picking at things and I find I eat less that way because there's just a bunch of little picky things than sitting down and having a meal. So I'll have that drink a bunch more water, and then I'll usually have dinner around 7 p.m. So lately, my eating window has been, I don't know, six to eight hours, sometimes less. And then there's other days, like a couple days leading up to my period where I'll be, I'll be having breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. Like I just, I need that. But generally speaking, I eat a lot of vegetables, a lot of fats, and a lot of meats. It's pretty boring. I also do eat out a lot. Like we go to restaurants at least five times a week for dinner um, because we are on land and it will be going away to the point where, you know, my life on the water when we're not around other humans is kind of the same. Only I'm doing yoga by myself and I'm swimming a lot more. I'm naked a lot more and I'm around a lot of private beaches a lot more. We do a lot of walking, sunbathing when we're out cruising and you can do this at home too. I just prefer it when we're out cruising I'll sit in sphinx pose. If you're familiar with that yoga pose, basically you're on your stomach and your hands are like this. So your chest is open and I'll watch the sunrise that way. And it really, really stimulates my energy. Like it gets me going. Sometimes I'll do smoothies. Like if I really need a boost, I'll add some exogenous ketones into those, that smoothie, but it's a pretty rare thing. I've really gotten into like the picky plate in the morning. I mean, morning, it's like 2 PM and then some sort of dinner, which usually involves meats. If I'm doing a carb up, my favorite carb up item is either cassava or sweet potatoes, Um, sometimes apples, but pretty rarely. So yeah, it's a lot of yoga. I also salsa dance and do bachata. So if I'm doing that, I usually enjoy having fat bombs before class. I just find that that's helpful for my energy. I don't overthink it. I used to lift a whole bunch way back in the day where I had to really pay attention to what I was doing, how I was doing it. And like I said in my intro of the book, like I just don't have time or energy for that. And I find 
you know, a good salsa class where I'm really moving it feels just as hard as when I was deadlifting. So I've really made it not about food anymore. I was having this conversation with a friend recently and she said, oh, I live to eat. I just love eating and I love, you know, looking forward to eating. And I'm like, nah, food, nah. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I was obsessed with food and obsessed with making food, smelling food, talking about food. Now it's sort of this, it's not an inconvenience, but it definitely slows me down. So I don't think about it too much. And for me, that is such a gift. Yeah. Well, it's giving you freedom. There's a freedom. And again, stages in our life, different places in our life, different settings, right? From cycles of our monthly cycles to if we're menopausal to what's happening in our life, we're raising children, we're busy, we're wearing five hats on this one head, you know, and like how we can work in the self-care into our routine, these principles that really work. For me, like I pretty much like to eat dinner by 6 p.m. and break fast by 10 a.m. And for me, me, that works the best in, in stay, keep maintaining, maintaining weight, energy, and my schedule. Because I'll work out in the morning and then break fast. And so mostly, but I'm like you, I mean, yeah, I'm not really fond of the gym. So, you know, like, what's that? But doing things you like, doing things you enjoy, and that makes the difference. So I think we can all commit listening right now into onto this couch talk to commit to doing things that you love and really playing with keto for you, keto green, right? We want to really be keto green and playing with that for you, what it feels like for you discerning, like if you've hit a wall, why? What's your body telling you? What's going on? Why are your why is your energy plummeting? You know, in both my book and Leanne's book, we talk about other other things that could be getting in the way of your success, and that's really critical. From toxins to hormonal imbalance to you know mindset, and then we'll commit to empowering oxytocin, which it sounds like you're getting a lot of oxytocin on that boat. So, <laughs> where where in the world are you now? Um, we are in Fort Lauderdale. We're just preparing for my book tour that starts August 20th. So we're here back stateside where there's food and humans. It's, it's awesome. kind of nice. Are you going up the intercoastal? No, our boat can't fit. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. With it, because we're at St. Simon's Island. You know, we've got ocean. If you're ever this way, you got to come stop by. Deal. That so. would be lovely. Yeah, we can't fit under most of the bridges on the intercoastal. So. We do the ocean side and kind of like duck in. That works for us. That works for us. We've got the ocean marina. So yeah, come visit Leanne. Now tell our audience, other than when Leanne comes to visit me on St. Simon's Island on her boat, how can our audience get in touch with you and when, where can they get your book? You can find me at healthfulpursuit.com. That's my blog. I have a podcast, The Keto Diet Podcast. And you can find my book at ketodietbook.com. All three books are there and you can decide which one is best for you. And I'm going on tour starting August 20th. You can find more details at ketodietbook.com slash tour. Healthful Pursuit. Instagram is Healthful Pursuit. Yeah, I love your Instagram too. So go ahead and I'll have you put those links in, in the show notes. So we have those too. We'll have those in our show notes for our podcast and couch talk and Leanne. And for our viewers and listeners, I want to thank you so much for being part of our community and go right. Like give your body a optimized into keto, at least periodically. And, and Leanne talks about this too, cycle in, cycle out 
right? Challenge your body. We want that metabolic flexibility. We find that's really important. Women do keto different than men. Leanne's book, Keto for Women. My book, The Hormone Fix, Two Essentials. Throw your bookshelves for your bedside reading table and let us know below how you like it and any questions that you have. So I want to encourage all of you to share, you know, share this episode. This is a fun episode and lots of good information elicited today. And I want to encourage you to share your stories with me. I love reading them. So keep it up. And thank you guys for being with me and I will see you next week.